Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Today we look at my random thoughts for April 10th. Number one, the Jets went 1-1 one one this past week and they are still clinging to the last wildcard spot. One point up on Calgary with a game in hand, and three points up on Nashville, who like the Jets have three games left. Tonight is where it gets really interesting with Winnipeg playing San Jose at home and Nashville playing in Calgary. A regulation win for the Preds would be the best result for the Jets and obviously any type of win for the Jets over the Sharks. Now in saying that, uh, this all means nothing unless the Jets beat San Jose. The Jets still control their own destiny, but the ideal scenario would be Obviously, Winnipeg beating San Jose, Nashville beats Calgary. That eliminates Calgary out of the picture, with the Jets still being one point up on Nashville, with both teams having remaining games against Minnesota and Colorado, and the Jets holding the tiebreaker. So it's basically all about taking care of business on Monday night, and then moving on to Minnesota on Tuesday night, and we'll see what happens then. Number two. Every week I talk about how the Jets' power play is hurting this team game after game, and in a close 3-1 loss to Calgary, the boys had four power plays in the final two periods, and one goal could have been a difference maker. The power play has looked better since Nikolai Evers has moved to power play number one, and outside of Kyle Connor's power play goal versus Calgary, he is the weak link, and he's been a non-factor on the power play and at 5-on-5. I always hope we get the best from our Jets players, but right now we aren't getting Kyle Connors' best. If KC had half a Pionk's compete level, he would be a stud, but he is the epitome of soft and lazy. And, you know, truth be told, the the Jets' power play has looked a lot better, but even Kyle Connor, I mean, he scored a real nice goal the other night. Uh, against Calgary, but that goal was all about the pass and the play from Nikolai Ehlers. It was a nice finish by Casey, but he's just lazy on the power play, and he just he does not fight and compete for the puck. Uh, he sticks to the outside, and he is uh, he's definitely the weak link there. I actually wouldn't mind them putting somebody else uh, in that spot. Maybe Nino Niederreiter, and let's have two big guys down low and uh, crash the net, but Casey is just, everything is with him as perimeter. He's soft, he's lazy, and he's killing the power play. Uh, Number three, back to the Calgary game, it was weird that I wasn't quite as bent out of shape about the Jets' 3-1 loss to Calgary as a lot of other fans. I thought they played well enough to win, but Jacob Markstrom got in the way. It happens, and I know it's been happening a lot lately, but that seems to be the Jets' biggest problem this past couple months. You know, uh, if you notice, the Jets seem to play their best hockey is when they get to a goalie early. Now, in the fir- at least halfway through the first period, score, score a goal or two. But if you notice, they, when a goalie starts to make big saves off them, they tend to overthink and overpass, try to make that perfect shot. And I just think goalies get in their heads. Uh, that, so, you know, that only happens when a team has really lost confidence in their goal scoring. And this team, the players they can put out on the ice, shouldn't 
be worried about confidence. Just just play the game the right way, the way they always have been, the way they know how, and they'll be fine. And stop letting good goaltending get in your head. In number four, I have in bolded capital letters, why, 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 why? And underneath, I show a video of the New York Rangers' Braden Schneider laying a clean hit on Nick Paul from Tampa Bay and Schneider gets jumped by Ross Colton. And then I go on to say, I'm old school and I have no problem with fighting in hockey, but this bullshit of guys getting jumped after landing a good check that is legal has to stop. The NHL could put a stop to this very easily by giving the attacking player an instigator penalty, plus a fighting major, and a game misconduct. This will end this crap real quick. I get it when one of your players gets a cheap shot and you want to get retribution, so you go after a guy. But these wrestling matches after a clean hit are just a joke. I mean, for God's sakes, it's hockey, guys. Hits happen, and a guy should never have to be challenged after a clean hit. NHL, fix this and fix it now because it's embarrassing. Number five. If you're a regular reader here at Winnipeg Hockey Talk, you know I've been pretty hard on Neil Pionk. But I must give credit where credit is due. He has been pretty good in the past couple weeks. Yeah, Neil Pionk uh, has been a train wreck for almost two years now. But he's uh, his game has somehow miraculously picked up the last little bit. Uh, he's jumping in the play. He's creating offense. And one thing you can always say about Pionk, he, all, he does really try hard in his his own end. He's not the biggest player, but he's feisty and he competes. Um, he loses a lot of battles because of his size, but at least he shows up. Uh, so I got to give him some kudos. I've been uh, very hard on him, but uh, like I said, I got to give credit where credit is due. He's been pretty decent. And number six, I go over the, the same thing I went over last week. It's the tiebreaker rules. And like I say, there's four of them that are listed. But the only one that's relevant is the first one, which is the regulation wins. And I've actually posted uh, the two wildcard teams and the two chasing teams and showing the standings. And if you look in the column where it says RW, it has regulation wins. And the Jets have 34, Calgary has 30, and Nashville 29. So the bottom line is Calgary or Nashville will actually have to have more points on the standings than the Jets. If they're tied, the Jets are in because of the first tiebreaker. Number seven. Right now, most of the Jets defensemen are playing pretty well with the exception of Nate Schmidt. Schmidt is really struggling and, in my opinion, is the weak link. I don't know that the Jets have ever had all six defensemen in their lineup playing well at the same time. You know, everybody seems to have had their struggles except for really Josh Morrissey and and uh, Dylan DeMello, who's always steady. He makes a few mistakes, but he's steady. Sandberg's had the odd, you know, not great game. Um, Brendan Dillon's been pretty solid all year, but he has his moments also. But Nate Schmidt seems to be uh, the weak link right now. He's struggling a little bit, but uh, he needs to get his game back in order so we can have, uh, you know, a good final three games to close out the season. Uh, number eight. Uh, the Winnipeg Ice took care of business in games three and four and swept Medicine Hat in four straight. 
the ice now await their opponents for round two, which starts in Winnipeg on Friday. And a lot of it has to do, I believe, with the game seven tonight in Saskatoon. Um, I think most Winnipeg fans are kind of pulling for Regina to beat Saskatoon in Game 7 because that means they get to see a series with Connor Bedard. Uh, like I say, fans, be careful what you wish for. Number 9, and uh, <laughs> kind of referring to the Winnipeg Ice here again, I'm not sure Mason Appleton could make the Winnipeg Ice top 9, but he's a top 9 with the Winnipeg Jets. Now, of course, I jest, but... Uh, Right now, I'm not a fan of Mason Appleton, and, and it's like I say, it's most, and I mentioned this last week and probably the week before, and that's probably because I'm a big fan of Morgan Barron, and I took a bit of a cheap shot at Appleton, and I'm, I'm sure he could make the ice. <laughs> Moving on to number 10, and I mentioned this a few weeks back, that generally speaking, I like to keep my random thoughts on the ice. Uh, I don't really like to get involved in off-ice things and social issues, but for this one, I made an exception. And basically all I said was, good on the Jets for doing their part for inclusivity. And below that statement, I show the uh, video that the Jets put out for Pride Night. And then below that, I posted their feed that shows the, uh, the jerseys that the players would be wearing during the warm-up. And, you know, the thing that gets me about this cause is, there's so much controversy because the Russian players didn't want to wear the jersey because of, you know, possible ramifications with their family back home. So fine. You know, I'm not going to get into that. And I'm not going to pride shame those guys for that. That's their decision, whether we agree with it or not. But then there's the, you know, the, the next set of guys that were doing it because of their religious beliefs. I mean, there's a couple of guys came out, James Reimer and the Stahl brothers and etc. etc. And to me, you know, hiding behind the religious part of this doesn't make any sense. It's not that big a deal to show some support for this. I thought Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry did a nice job of explaining their views why hockey should be for everyone and why it's important to support this cause. And for me, it goes a little further. You know, a person that I really admire is part of the LGBT community. And we all know her as Patty Don Swanson. But she goes way further back for me when her name was Pat Doyle. Pat Doyle was a neighbor of mine that lived across the lane while we were growing up in East Kildonan. And I really looked up to him. And all these years later, things haven't changed. I still look up to Patty Don Swanson the same way. You know, she's a brave person. Going through a transgender change couldn't have been an easy decision. And the amount of prejudice, ridicule, and the things that she has gone through in her life couldn't have been easy. You know, if you ever get a chance, read her work on River City Renegade. It's brilliant, it's witty, and it's funny. Patty Dawn still writes <laughs> about good old hometown Winnipeg and Manitoba sports all the way from the West Coast. And you know, you know, she's probably forgotten more about sports than most of us will ever know. And if you get a chance, take a peek at her latest article. She brings up some interesting points. Uh, I'm not going to ruin the article for you, but she does have one portion in there that really made me think. And it's like, don't, you know, don't pick and choose to quote the Bible when it suits your narrative. 
You can't have it both ways, and I'm just going to leave it at that. So look her up at River City Renegade and read her latest article. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Moving on to number 11. This is my final update from the privileged piece of shit file. Carson Breer has been removed from the Mercyhurst University hockey team. He is facing criminal charges after surveillance video last month appeared to show him being an asshole and pushing an empty wheelchair down a set of stairs at an eerie Pennsylvania nightclub. Well, (laughs) we can finally wrap up and close the book on this guy. That's uh, two NCAA Division I hockey teams he's been booted from. I guess his parents are very proud. Moving on to number 12, it's a prospect update. Jets 2022 seventh round draft pick Dominic DeVicentis had himself a night with a 37 save shutout to help his team, the North Bay Battalion, defeat the Mississauga Steelheads in game five to give them a 3-2 series lead where he was selected as the first star of the game. In the series clinching win in Mississauga, he was named the game's second star. In the six-game series, his stat line was a very impressive 2.36 goals against average with a 9.46 save percentage. You know, the only reason I brought this up is, (laughs) it's funny, because of all the gloom and doom surrounding the Jets and fans saying that, you know, we're we're, we're tearing it down and Shifley's going to be gone, Dubois's going to be gone, Weaver's going to be gone. Connor Hellebuck's in his last season. He'll probably be gone. They're going to just trade everybody away for assets. And who's our goaltender going to be? Nobody thinks it's going to be anybody on the moose. And I don't think it's going to be Dominic DeVicentes next year. But the reason I brought it up is because here's a perfect example why you don't piss away draft picks. You know, this guy could be a blue chipper, and we don't know yet. He had a really impressive regular season as well. But this, this kid was drafted in the seventh round. You know, and he might end up being a Winnipeg Jet one day. Could be two, three, four years away, but uh, he's off to an impressive start in his junior career. And for a guy that was probably just an afterthought to most Jet fans, uh, he put up some solid numbers. You know, he's got good size. I think he's 6'2", over 200 pounds, so he's not a small goalie. So um, it's just, just a name to, you know, you know, look out for. We'll keep an eye on him and see how he progresses. But... Uh, yeah, a solid, uh, solid season so far, and he's continuing their team one, and they'll be playing uh, round two starting this week. Number 13 was my Jets poll question, so I'll give you a bit of an update on this. Uh, the question reads this way. Playoff success or failure notwithstanding, should the Jets be in rebuild mode in the offseason? And the most predominant answer, there's two of them actually, Yes, but not with Chevy as GM. And yes, but retool on the fly. That seems to be the top three. Uh, I kind of think it'll be a retool with Chevy here. I just don't see Chippy firing him. Number 14 is my weekly question for Rick Bonus, Kevin Sheveldayoff, or Mark Chipman. Uh, this week, my question was for Rick Bonus. And the question was, what is Cole Perfetti's status? Well, Bones actually addressed this after Perfetti went... Uh, for a light skate on Saturday after the team game day skate. And this is quote, Rick Bonus says, Cole Perfetti could be an option in two weeks. We'll give him a couple weeks. He'll need that. Bonus also joked that uh, the team needs to be playing in two weeks, which is uh, very true. Uh, 
Uh, this really caught me off guard because it wasn't long ago that uh, uh, Rick Bonus he actually said that he did not foresee Perfetti being ready any time in the first round or even in the first round. And if you go by this timeline, there's a good possibility that he could be available. So um, whether he is or not remains to be seen, but a good healthy body, you know, a uh, cold Perfetti could help this team a little bit right now. He uh, He's a little bit on the smaller side and he gets crunched on the boards, but he has vision like I've never seen before. He can really pass the puck. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I kind of think he'll practice with the team. Um, you know, with missing so much hockey, I just can't see him jumping into the lineup unless there's some injuries, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, number 15 is my weekly look at uh, Money Puck. As of this morning, uh, Money Puck has the Winnipeg Jets at 81.3 to make the playoffs. This number is very fluid and it does change every day. The Jets playoff odds at the start of the week was 71.7. And by the end of the week was at 58.5. And then after they beat uh, Nashville, it went up to 78.7. And I don't understand why it's at over 80 now since they haven't played and none of the other relevant teams have played, but that's where it is. In number 16, we'll look at the Jets special teams again. To nobody's surprise, the power play dipped again. Uh, they still remain in 24th place but they dropped from 19.3 to 19.1. It's like flogging a dead horse. I mean, power play is not going to be very good when you score like basically one power play goal a week. Uh, the penalty kill was good. It went up to 82.8 from 82.3. They're in fifth place. And the face-offs have actually gotten progressively better the last couple of weeks. Uh, they're sitting at 21st place at 49%, which is a bit of an improvement. And we'll move on to the goaltending. Connor Hellebuck has played, what, 11 or 12 straight games. Um, his record is 35-25-2. Solid goals against at 2.53. Uh, 9-19 save percentage. And how he got his fourth shutout against Nashville. He was solid in that one. Um, he didn't have to be great because I don't even know how much time Nashville spent in, in <laughs> Helly's zone. But he, he made some big saves when he had to and... Uh, um, yeah, the fourth shutout was nice. He, he deserved that one. Number 18 is my weekly look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good. Nikolai Ehlers was an absolute stud on Saturday night versus Nashville. This is for my nephew, Chris, who for some reason gets irritated at Nick Ehlers. I guess he has a problem with really good hockey players. But screw you, Chris. Ehlers has been great. You're wrong. I'm right. The bad, Kyle Connor. Um, he's, um, I'm not going to say he's checked out. He's, he's played a little bit better lately. But you can only accomplish so much from the perimeter. He just refuses to get his nose dirty. And he's still probably the worst defensive player on the Winnipeg Jets. And imagine my shock that in a 2-0 game, Nashville pulled their goalie. Rick Bonus puts Kyle Connor on the ice. Like, you got to be kidding me, but uh, well, wow, wow, Bones, I just don't get it. The ugly, the Jets' power play went one for eight last week and is a scintillating three for 44 since March 14th. That's one goal per week. 
Yes, we're flogging a dead horse. I really hope that somehow, miraculously, the Jets make the playoffs and the power play becomes a difference maker because those goals are going to be huge come playoff time. Uh, number 19, Blake Wheeler has looked a little spry lately, and I wonder if it's because of his new line mates. The new line has found some nice chemistry since they were put together. Yeah, I thought they were excellent in... Uh, uh, I thought they played good in both games the past week. I mean, Markstrom had the number, you know, on Wednesday night, the Calgary game. And uh, they created tons of chances in the Nashville game. And uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, he mentioned last week about, you know, the, the team being on the road so much and the schedule. And it's nice to be home, and, you know, get some rest. And uh, I thought a couple times in the games that I watched that uh, he actually showed a little bit of, of that old burst of speed he had. And uh, he actually, you know, drew a couple penalties. And yeah, I just think he looks, uh, he, he's looking better and could be, you know, Ehlers skates for, he skates so fast that, and so does uh, Vladi that maybe they're just pulling Blake along. And uh, he's found a new stride playing with those two. But uh, I really like their work. And uh, I'm really curious to see how they're going to do um, when they play in Minnesota. That's a tough team to play against. They play hard, tight hockey, but uh, that should be interesting on Tuesday night. Number 20. Josh Morrissey probably won't win the Norris Trophy as the NHL's best defenseman, but he certainly opened a lot of eyes this season. Now let's see if he can follow it up next season. I think most people always thought that, uh, that Josh had uh, more of an offensive game to show and maybe wondered if Paul Maurice was you know, holding him back and that, uh, you know, Rick Bonus when he took over the Jets, he basically told Morrissey that uh, he expects more. Uh, go out there and, and do what you do best. Because I remember Josh from his junior days, and he was uh, he was a real good offensive defenseman. Uh, and he's pretty solid in both ends of the rink. So, um, and like I said, well, let's see if he can follow it up. You know, he's got, he's going to, he's 70 plus points this year. And I don't think he's that type of player. But he is certainly capable of 55 to 60 every year. And if he's 55 to 60 every year, that's a good thing for the Jets. So um, I'm looking forward to a good follow-up season. Uh, we'll be watching him and, and you know, see how he makes out. Um, that's my 20 random thoughts. But I, I had this one that's been in the back of my mind. And I didn't bother to write it. I'll mention it as a little bonus one for the people listening on the podcast. But I'm wondering if the Minnesota Wild have a little bit of revenge on their minds. Because I don't think Kirill Kaprizov has played since he was injured uh, the last time Minnesota visited Winnipeg. And I wouldn't put it past one of the goofs on the Wild to maybe take a run at uh, one or two of our best players. So I hope the boys have their heads up and are prepared uh, uh, for some challenges. Uh, I can't remember the guy that hit him. I think we'll find out soon enough on Tuesday night because there's no doubt in my mind that somebody on Mini is going to go after him. And I just hope that uh, maybe in this game that uh, Rick Bonus decides to dress uh, Logan Stanley. Not that Stanley's a you know a great deterrent, but he at least he'll step up and fight somebody. But uh, I'm just hoping that this game doesn't get ugly. Um, uh, yes, I'm a, I'm not going to say I'm worried, but I'm going to be very aware, and I hope that uh, the Jets coaching staff has uh, 
let the boys know to keep their heads up and don't get involved in any crap because uh, I have a funny feeling that some of their resident idiots are going to try to pull something. And with that being said, I think it's time to wrap it up and uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, once again, go to winnipeghockeytalk.com, check out the podcast, check out our articles. We're also available on other major platforms such as Spotify, Google, Amazon, whatever. Uh, let your friends know. Uh, check us out. Once again, thanks for listening. I can't help but to repeat that because without the listeners, there's no point in me flapping my gums. Anyway, let's hope that the Jets can take care of business this week. I know last week I did say that by this time I think we'd have a pretty clear indication if the Jets were in or out. But foolish me, I was basing that on a Calgary when they win that game. We're not even talking right now, but of course our boys never like to do anything easy. So goodbye until next week and go Jets, go Jets.